You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for you, the listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash in $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's promo code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, two customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me, as always, Dylan Kayser from his lovely couch. Just are you north of Nanaimo or are you just south of Nanaimo? No, I, I'm I'm dead center in oh. Nanaimo. I'm he in the thick a, of it, Nick. <laughs> he is at ground zero. <laughs> we are we are coming to you. Uh, I think we're how many picks are we in right now? We're at the fifteenth pick right now in uh, in the draft, and there was actually just a trade. Oh, made. just a trade went down. Yeah. Wow, we couldn't time this one better. But um, we're, we're, but we're not. You. So I guess we could have timed this better. Yeah, we could have done this better for sure. <laughs> uh, it looks like the Red Wings have moved up to the fifteenth overall spot. Uh, taking over Dallas's spot, and uh, in return they return they get number twenty three this year, number forty eight this year, and number one thirty eight. You have to think that Wallstead's going here for the Red Wings, in my opinion, or there's someone just amazing on the board that Iserman is just losing it over right now. Well, well, that's the thing, Nick. It's Stevie Y. This guy goes off the board every once in a while, so nothing yeah. would surprise me here. He did with pick six, and that that allowed William Eklund, the new Woo! San Jose Shark. To be drafted at seventh overall, he was my draft crush. He was uh, majority of people's top three as far as uh, prospects. You know, with maybe Beneers Wallstead or a Power Wallstead, and then William Eklund. Dylan, what's your initial reaction? I'm excited. I think this was the right pick. And judging by Sharks Twitter, you know what? After the last two years, there's been a lot of negativity on Sharks Twitter, but today. There's a lot of positivity. I think people were happy with this draft pick. Yeah, I think happy is an understatement. Uh, if you take a look at uh, Top Down Hockey and Jay Fresh, they actually uh, created an NHL equivalency model very similar to the hockey prospecting equivalency model. But they actually ranked William Eklund as the number one prospect in this draft. Uh, with a 71% chance of becoming a star in the NHL, that's nearly 75% or three-quarters of a chance. That's insane. And a 97% chance to become an NHLer. 
and holy crap am i excited i'm i'm just stoked i don't want to scream into this microphone and blow some speakers it's, at it's home it's tempting it's tempting but god i want to fucking scream into this microphone right now no it's, man and like every single list that i've looked at coming into the draft and even now looking at the list post uh you know the san jose sharks picking Eklund, there's not a single list where he was ranked past number seven. In some rankings, he was number one, number two, number three, never past number seven, and we got him at seven. I, I don't know. I think that's a steal. Maybe not the steal of the day, but I, I think that's a steal for us at number seven. Yeah, we, we actually won't know the steal of the day until much later when a, a, a Joe Pavelski from the seventh round out of the OHL who couldn't play and couldn't showcase their skills gets drafted and ends up you know, just being amazing. That'll well, be actually, steal. Nick, the the steal of the day has already happened with the uh, wrist aligned in trade. So <laughs> I think yeah. right off the bat, that was the steal of the day. We ain't gonna talk about that. Come on, Philly, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that was, that's an unbelievable trade. Uh, we won't get into it, but yeah, I don't yeah. know what they were thinking. I'm pretty sure everyday hockey will more than likely cover that uh, on a YouTube video. They'll probably break down. I don't know. You're you're pretty close to the guys who do that. Don't you? Aren't you doing? Yeah, yeah, I've heard some rumors. Um, there's so much going on. I, I don't think the guys even know what they're going to talk about. I think their heads are spinning. But uh, I'm I'm sure something will come out pretty soon. So um, I thought it would be Wallstat. Looks like the pick is going to be Sebastian Kosa. Hmm. Uh, so so you know a big surprise there for me. Uh, Sebastian Kosa getting picked before Jesper Wallstat. But hey, I mean it is what it is. He's an absolute behemoth. Large man, um, six foot six, two ten, just an absolute Goliath of a person between the pipes there. So um, not only do they have Nadelkovic, but they also have uh, Kosa in the the pipeline for their prospect pool. Uh, Steve Y is really turning this team around. So you know, hats off to him for building what he's built in such a short period of time. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about William fucking Eklund. Okay, quick rundown. He fits the entire M.O. of every single Doug Wilson Jr. draft pick that has been a, a draft pick, essentially. Anyone that D.W. Jr. has his hands in on is under six foot. William Eklund is 5'10", 172 pounds, left-handed shot. He is a center-slash-winger. I, I, I personally doubt that he's going to be a center in the NHL. If he is, that's even better for the Sharks. Because you're 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 killing two birds with one stone here. You're getting, I, yeah, you get two birds stoned at once. But yeah, I do think he's gonna. <laughs> I, I do think he's a winger at the end of the day. But hey, it's an it is an option. Yeah, no, he just amazing. Number ranked number three by Consolidated Ranking. Number two by EliteProspects.com. Number five by FC Hockey. And there's actually, ironically, if you speak to some scouts at FC Hockey, they've been on record to say that William Eklund is the best skater in the draft. A lot of them will say, yes, for Wallstead's the best player in the draft, but there's plenty of scouts on there when they come out with their consensus rankings where he's actually ranked higher than the five here. Bob McKenzie got him ranked number four. And like you said before, he's actually ranked number one by NHL Central Scouting in, for EU. And it, it's the lowest he's ranked is seven by Draft Prospects Hockey. What they're smoking, I want to get some because he's... <laughs> Way above that. It's just an incredibly smart player. He works hard. He opens up the play for his teammates. And, you know, I had that interview with Byron Bader just the other day where we discussed using NHL equivalency models to kind of put everything in a single scope, Dylan, you know. And the one thing that, that 
you can say about what William Eklund has had to do is play against full-grown fucking men in one of the world's toughest leagues to play in, the SHL. No, the SHL is not an easy league to play in, and the fact that he could still produce shows a lot. And yeah, like you said, anybody at that young of age that can compete with these guys and still produce, it, it means a lot. And we've seen it a lot in the past where some first-round picks have played in the SHL and haven't produced a single point. You know, that just shows you how hard it can be, especially mm-hmm. for younger guys. So yeah, I, I think this shows a lot of promise. Yeah, and he was one of those guys where his birthday was just past of him being draft eligible last year. Whereas Luke Hughes is kind of on the other side of that coin. But in his uh in his J twenty super elite years for Jew Gardens in uh Sweden, he actually he posted thirty six points in thirty one games. When he made that jump to the SHL, you could tell the growing pains were there. He only had two points in twenty games, but you also have to understand that he wasn't playing a lot of time. After that, he went to the under eighteen, he posted six points in thirteen games, came back, played for Jew Gardens. And posted 23 points in 40 games in a men's league at 17 years old. Incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I got a quote here from at Griffin Dillon uh, from EP Rinkside. It says, no draft eligible player has seen the usage in the SHL that Eklund saw with Jurgarden, And he made the most of it. He's the best pure offensive player in this draft. Huge playmaking upside at the NHL level. Just amazing. I love that. That's exactly what you want to hear. I mean, this guy, yeah, he has all the tools of the new NHL, and that's what I love, right? He's he's fast. He has hockey IQ, um, and, and just his awareness in the offensive zone is, is amazing. And mm-hmm. he's going to produce offense. He's going to make his line mates better, even if he is a winger, even if he's not playing in that center position, he can still make his line mates better. And yeah, I, I just love this pick, man. I'm just pumped. Yeah, I mean, Sharks Nation, we, we've we spent the last couple of years in the dumpster. Last year, it's unfortunate. We couldn't cash in on that third overall pick. We, we couldn't get Tim Stutzel. And you, you have to understand that you got to let go of things like that because you can't hold on to something that you cannot change. Instead, you got to be able to look forward. <laughs> Says us who we just got over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, well, at least we moved on, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But... When it all boils down to it, right, it's easy for people to hold on to the fact that we couldn't get Stutzel mainly because we had nothing to show for. Like Eric Carlson hadn't been putting up practically any sort of production for the Sharks to prove that he was worth giving up that sort of draft capital for. But now we're at the point where we're past that. The consequences after the second round tomorrow, the consequences of the Eric Carlson trade are void. They don't matter anymore. You got to be able to turn the page. And this right here is the easiest finger fucking lick to turn the page on 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 that bad chapter on on that the last couple of you know dark age type of years because now we have something to look forward to in William Eklund. And, and you know now we have a prospect, a high end prospect, which we haven't had in a couple of years. I mean, look at the pool we have. Yeah, there's some great character guys and, and some guys that might make the San Jose Sharks in the next couple of years, but nobody that you can really build an offense around like Eklund. Uh, so I think that's yeah. huge for this organization. Yeah, and uh, you know, currently right now we have uh, we have reports from Shang Peng that uh, the Sharks are going to trade a defenseman for a depth forward 
Um, we don't know exactly what the details are on that yet. Expect more to come out on that in, in the future, in the next couple of days, if not already by the time you're hearing that. We presume it's going to be Shimek, uh, based on what we know. He's on the trade block, and it, the, the deal is supposed to be with New Jersey just for a depth forward. So, you know, look at this as like a cap riddance type of move this opens up a roster spot on the starting lineup for a guy like artemi knizev or ryan merkley you know our quote-unquote best prospect in our our, our farm essentially in our, in our system so the sharks are finally getting to the point now you know especially with this william Eklund pick they're getting to the point where they're the youthful exuberance the, the resurgence of youth is finally coming back in so I don't know. I'm just more than excited moving forward for this team. Uh, an interesting tweet I saw, you know, five or ten minutes ago from Elliot Friedman saying the Sharks were actually entertaining. Uh, well, actually, no, they were pretty proactive in trying to trade the seventh overall pick, and they were exploring options. Um, and then they ended up settling for Eklund. I don't know if that says that maybe they weren't as high as maybe some people think they were on Eklund, that they were trying to move the pick. Or maybe it just shows you that, hey, this guy was available. Let's let's rather pick him than uh, risk that pick and trade it away. Uh, I just think it was interesting that the pick was in play at all. Yeah, it's we, we discussed that a little bit because the Sharks, like I said earlier, the Sharks don't have a second-round pick this year. So in order for them to acquire a second-round pick, they would have had to have traded back and forfeit the possibility of drafting William Eklund, right? I'm sure they had plenty of qualifying offers on the table from a multiple amount of teams. You know, even Ottawa, they have our second-round pick. I mean, that's who it belongs to. They have The second-round picks are right there. Um, so I'm sure he was entertaining moving back to acquire more capital because it's going to be – it's a deep draft. Like we talked about, it's going to – it's a weird year. It's a weird draft. I mean, people are saying that, you know, Isaac Rosen, the, the, the pick 14th overall is just a terrible pick. Why did Buffalo do it? Well, it's Buffalo, but, you know, <laughs> Why we don't do they really do anything know. They do? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. You're right, Nick. We, we just don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe right now he's not the 14th best player, but maybe Buffalo sees something in him that we haven't seen. I mean, their scouts, yeah. I mean, maybe that's not right for this year in particular, but yeah. their scouts have actually watched these guys play. Watch them a lot more than you or I or any of the fans are listening to this podcast. So I, I will put some faith in the scouts. Not to say that they're always right, but I'm going to put some some faith in them. Yeah, I mean the scouts are kind of they're they're kind of finally changing with the times. You know, if you look at just a few years ago, and I use this example when we talked to Byron Bader, I think it's probably the best example to use is uh, the Calgary Flames took the safe pick and drafted Tyler Watherspoon uh, in the second round, right before Nikita Kucherov was drafted. And the reason why people didn't want to draft Nikita Kucherov is because he was small. He's a smaller guy. He's not as big. He kind of played in this weird junior league in the K, you know, over in Russia, and it just wasn't really worth the investment. And the of, Russian factor too. Yeah, exactly. Because as much as people want to play it, play it down. I mean, look at what happened with Minnesota Wild with Kaprizov. Like, like how long it took them to get him over here, and it's happened to multiple players in higher draft positions before. So, hey, and just, exactly. So. I think rightfully so. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at these some of these players and think, hey, I mean, there is there is the there is the chance that they might not actually join this this team. So, I mean, I I can see from the perspective of organizations why players like that would drop a little bit. Yeah, and you know, the majority of the time, you would have you would already have to have a solid Russian player 
in your system or in your scouting uh, to be able to coax them over. You know, you see that right now with the Sharks. Sharks have a, a you know, we have Knizhov, we have, you know, Berbanov. We have a lot of Russian players. We have Nabokov as our goaltending coach. We had Devin Dubnik come over. Like, that stuff matters in in this sense, in this environment, in the NHL environment. But Wait, you're is Devin Dubnik see... Russian? I, I believe so, yeah. God, Devin, I hope so for the sake Devin, of this recording. Devin Dubnik is, is Canadian as shit, buddy. Okay, well, who knows? <laughs> how many how many Russians named Devin do you know? Anyways, <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> I guess I would. Okay, continue. The William Eklund High hasn't come down yet. Forgive my stupidity. <laughs> Imagine some guy's name like you know Devin Ovechkin. Like it just doesn't work. No, the know? last name. It's the last name that does it for me. You know, Dubnik. Hello, this is Devin Dubnik. I am here. I am here right, to stop right, the puck. Okay. <laughs> if it was Dmitry Dubnik, I'm ten for ten there. So, like... oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but you see it with like the uh, Kuznetsov with Ovechkin. You know. It, but yeah, we're just gonna move on from this fucking topic. I don't want to. I'm just yeah. Ready to kill you know, other Russians, point. Brent Burns, Eric Carlson. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no. something else I want to touch on just quickly. I don't know how much stock I want to put into this rumor, uh, but we mentioned the New Jersey Devils earlier on, and there yes. were some rumors around Timo Meyer and the New Jersey Devils. Now the rumor was uh, that it would be a late first round pick this year. No I, I don't know. Way exactly which pick they have it's in the late 20s but i just don't see that being a realistic option i just feel like we lose so much value in that pick if it's timo meyer straight up for a late first round pick especially looking at the other trades that went on today you know so oh, yeah. you know especially you look at the vancouver trade for instance they gave up the ninth overall pick and you look at what they got back i think timo meyer's worth a heck of a lot more than a connor garland uh for example yeah no that's Honestly, that's that's huge. Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm overcome with just emotion, excitement, and stupidity. <laughs> apparently, it's a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Sharks yield for Timo Meyer, regardless of how his production has been in the last two seasons. He's still a very young player that can just explode on impact on a, like, in a good team and in a good system. You were able to watch Ristolainen get <laughs> traded to the Philadelphia Flyers for a King's ransom. And then four hours later, Seth Jones gets traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for another fucking ransom. And they got multiple top picks out of that, including this draft today. And good prospects as well in Bogfist, yeah. Exactly. So you're telling me those two defensemen, those... I don't want to say Seth Jones is bottom of the barrel, but I know Ristolainen, if you look at his Jay Fresh player card, it's absolutely atrocious. He's beyond replacement, you know? You're telling me those guys are worth more than a very young, very cap-friendly at $6 million AAV, Timo Meyer? No, that's if Doug Wilson were to make that trade, there'd be riots outside SAP. There would be literal riots outside of SAP. And, and rightfully so. so, because and and you know what I've said it before on this podcast. I I am not against going into a rebuild and trading off some of our our veteran players and trading off some of the different pieces. But Timo Meyer, he's one of the guys I wouldn't trade. Even if you do go into a rebuild, he's the kind of guy at that age and what he can bring to the table. 
and there's still so much more potential there, in my opinion, I think that's the kind of guy you need to keep around because I'd hate to see him go to New Jersey and blossom and become an 80 point, you know, power forward, which I think he has the potential to do so. Yeah. He just needs to have a little bit more consistency with his line mates. You know, he's got a couple of geriatric patients centering <laughs> his lines and Hurdle having a couple bad knees and Logan Couture's inability to stay healthy for a full season. So, you know, maybe 29th pick and you get someone like Jack Hughes back, something like that. <laughs> All right. All right, then. <laughs> then, okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking. So, no, I don't see that trade, you know, coming to fruition. And, you know, right now we're currently sitting at the 18th. The 17th pick was just selected by St. Louis. So uh, that pick you spoke about is being shown up right now. It's the 29th overall pick just before uh, Vegas's pick at 30th. Uh, but but me personally, I don't see it. I don't see it happening at all. If it does, it, it wouldn't just be a one-for-one. One. It would be a multifaceted type of, of you know, Timo Meyer and this year's third for just an absolute slew of picks over the next couple of years, maybe. Yeah. But, and not just the one. Exactly. And, you know, I can't see the, the Devils being a team that's going to pull the trigger on a deal like that and getting rid of m- multiple picks. Yeah, I mean, they've been through a rebuild for a couple of years, and you got to think they're turning the page. But at the same time, I think for at least the next one or two seasons, New Jersey's going to want to have some first-round picks. Yeah. New Jersey's at that point where L.A. was about two years ago, where— yep. They're trying to stock up, and I mean, look at Arizona. If I want to take a quick tangent here, they have five second-round picks next year in one of the deepest drafts, one of the deepest projected drafts in in this the last twenty years, last twenty-five years, and they have five fucking picks in the second round next year. Well, hey, and they picked up Dylan Gunther today as well, and and they weren't yeah. even supposed to pick in the first round of this draft. So another great yeah. pickup. Yeah, they, they found a way to get ninth overall from uh, Jimbo Slice up there in Vancouver. Jimbo. And I think, honestly, I feel like the if we, if we would take a quick second to look at that trade, I feel like that trade is so split. There are people who sit there on one side of the table and on the other. Some are like, it's a great, great pick for Vancouver because X, Y, or Z. Like they had the, uh, they get a middle six winger in Connor Garland and they get, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson could easily resurrect his career in a defensive core like that. But you, it's not just getting those two players, but it's shedding just like years worth of weight off of the, the end. You have Schmidt, who else? You have Roussel, as well as biggest well, the biggest one. I, I think the deal was Roussel, Beagle, and Erickson, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Schmidt was thrown so- in there, but then not. Yeah, so I mean, initially, I I think because Ek Larson was involved, I think a lot of people sh- thought Schmidt would go back the other way. I the the problem I have with this trade, it's like yes, you're getting rid of these bad contracts, but all these contracts were af- actually off the books at the end of the 2022 season. So it would have been mm-hmm. one more year of pain, and then you get rid of those contracts. But at the end of the day, I mean, it wasn't just a cap dump. The Vancouver Canucks get Connor Garland back, who I think can even be a top six forward on that team. I think if you play him with Bo Horvat, he could be a 25 goal scorer. And like you said, Oliver Ekman Larson, there's still potential. I think Arizona's retaining 1.2 mil. So he's a $7 million defenseman. Yeah, he's probably overpaid by 2 mil, but I still yeah. think he can produce and be, you know, a 30, 35 point guy. And, you know, someone to play on the power play that's not named Quinn Hughes. 
Hughes. Because if yeah. if Quinn Hughes gets shut shut down on this Vancouver Canucks team, there's nobody else that can step up offensively. Yeah, and I, I again, like we've said before, we won't know the actual true winner of this trade until much later down the line. Uh, but I think what essentially Arizona and Vancouver were looking for two separate things and decided to help each other out. Arizona was looking for some long-term cap relief off of OEL, and uh, Vancouver just wanted to rid themselves of the you know, those bad contracts. And Listen, people hate it when you say it, but honestly, I think both teams came out winners in this trade. I really do believe that. And, and you know, yeah. there can't, there's, there doesn't always have to be a loser in a trade, and I don't think there was here. Yeah, contrary to what we've seen so far at this uh, just exciting trade, I don't even want to say trade. It's just like you said, Christmas in July now. It's finally coming true. Yep. But, it, you know, there was a shit ton of trades and there was a ton of shit trades. And that honestly was not <laughs> one of them. Uh, like I, said, I, I just continue to think of Seth Jones not only, so they get rid of Duncan Keith, but they, which, with an albatross of a contract at a wrong side of 30 type of pace. But then they take on Seth Jones with one and a half million dollars more than Brent Burns. Yep. For it's, the next uh, eight years. That's uh, that's, that's gonna be deal. rough. You know, as much as Brent Burns gets harped on all the time, that man plays up to around six to seven million dollars worth of his contract. Maybe it might not show up on the score sheet, but the amount of minutes he soaks up, the amount of power play, penalty kill. It just it shows in the advanced stats, and you know if we could take a second and bring up his his card here if we really wanted to to show how impactful he is on the ice compared to point production. You're not getting that with Seth with Seth Jones, and you paid premium fucking value for Seth Jones for him to essentially be mediocre. Yeah, for eight years. I, well, that's that's the thing. It's like you pay him that kind of money for four years, and. Yeah, that might still be uh, a bit much, but at eight years, man, especially on a team that already has contracts like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, I mean, you know, I don't know what the percentage of their salary cap is, is tied up in those three guys, but it has to be a lot, and I don't think that's a recipe for success. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to find out here really soon what exactly that percentage is. Oh, hashtag math guy coming up here? Oh, I mean, I just pull up cap friendly. They have everything that you possibly need right here. So there you go. You got Patrick Kane sitting at ten and a half mil. You got Jonathan Taves sitting at ten and a half mil. Do the math. That's twenty one million dollars for those at home keeping track at home. <laughs> and then you add on the nine and a half. I don't know why they always have to do nine and a half. It's a, or, or just halves. It's always halves with them. I don't understand <laughs> it. So you're at twenty one. The halves and halves and odds. Thirty point five million dollars. <laughs> Divide that by the current cap, you're at a 37.4% of the cap hit. That's worse wow. than the Sharks defenseman total. <laughs> the Sharks defenseman with Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, and Mark Edward Vlasic. Now, again, you're comparing apples to oranges because you have two forwards in the defense. But Eric Carlson's at 11.5. Brent Burns and uh, Mark Edward Vlasic are at 15 total. So you you got a whole ass fucking top six wingers difference right there. You got a whole Kevin LeBanks worth of difference between those those two amount of those percentages. And I like, don't see I, how this helped them. How the, I or, get, sorry, how this I, helps them. I get it. You have Kane, you have Taves, and you want to make a last push. But at the end of the day, I look at this team and like they're not even a competitive team in my opinion. So like adding a Seth Jones and throwing him all this money in this term, I, I just think it's gonna. It, 
it's going to shoot them later on down the road. Like I think in two years, they're going to look at this trade and they're, they're going to regret it. Yeah. And you found a way to get rid of Duncan Keith's contract without paying someone to, oh, and you to rid of that them. contract. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's the year of the sheep. <laughs> Everyone's getting fleeced. I don't understand yeah. it, <laughs> but you find a way to rid yourself of that contract and, there's options available now. Like you have the ability to go out and sign players to make a better team, and then you do this. Yeah. Like I'll never understand this move. Nope, I I, I don't get it whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's going to be a mediocre team for another five years. Good. Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> good. Good. Uh, uh, Chaz uh, Lucius picked by the Winnipeg Jets at 18. Uh, one yeah, of the I best think, names in this draft. Hands down. Yeah. Easily one of the best names. I mean, your um, last name is Lucius. Like, come on now. Yeah, that's that's a different level of of awesomeness. <laughs> I think he's actually going to be great just off of that. He's going to be pretty fucking sick. Like, and and you um, know, he comes from a rich family because let's be honest, everyone listening knows no one with the last name Lucius <laughs> is poor. Like, that's a rich I'm ass going, last name. I'm going to Lord Lucius's manor after the <laughs> hockey game today. Exactly. <laughs> we decided to put down the equestrians and pick up the sticks and the puck. You see, <laughs> that's how they all laugh. They don't laugh like normal yeah, people. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, Nick. I don't know. You seem pretty comfortable with that. I think you've uh, lived a past life here. Oh no, we used to do so. Quick background story: We used to have, uh, make fun of the rich people that we went to school with. We used to say that they would always go to the Hamptons. We're like, oh, yes, we're going to the Hamptons today. Oh, God, did you bring the third boat? Oh, it's so small. It's only 36 feet. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like the, the big tooth English dude from Family Guy. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, quick quote from Eklund when he was asked about his talk with Eric Carlson. After being drafted, he said, Carlson said, welcome to the organization uh, that will see each other around, and he's happy to have another Swede here. I have no clue if I'll be at camp this season, though, right now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the best part about drafting a guy out of the SHL. They can come over immediately into the AHL. There's no collegiate commitments with that. Yeah, and actually after that text, uh, Carlson responded uh, with just a picture of, of an apple with one big bite <laughs> taken out of it. So interesting. This, interesting. this one's for you, bud. I've been saving it <laughs> since my great offensive performance. <laughs> just sitting there rotting. He's like, I've been, I've been holding this for you, bud. I want to know the real question or, or like the hard-hitting question, right? If I was in that Zoom call, if I was able to get access into that Zoom call and they're like, uh, uh, Mr. Nick Floor from the Hockey Podcast Network, you're next. I'm like, uh, hi, William. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on being drafted at seventh overall. Uh, what flavor snooze are you planning on, planning on using on the ice? Because you know all the Swedes do it, man. Oh, you yeah. Know oh, yeah. Do. Yeah, totally. No, that's the thing. So I wonder if they got, like, green apple or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. I think my question would have been... Uh, so uh, you want us to call you Bill or or what? <laughs> hey Billy, Billy, no, you're not even you're not even 21 yet, bro. You yeah. can't even buy tobacco over here. Congratulations. I, I think we need to start that. I think we need to start calling him uh, Billy Eklund. Billy Eck. Billy Eck. Billy oh, Eck. I love it. Billy the Eklund. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to there's something. A, there's a video here that the Sharks posted. Um, I'm gonna see if there's any way that I can pull this up so we can listen into this. I'm gonna screen share this. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out here. DJ really Floor really uh, at work here. Yeah, making I'm, I'm the magic trying. happen behind the scenes, folks. 
I don't think I. This stuff don't happen for audio. free. Yeah, this is. There we go. I got to hit share audio here. So. All right, but so hang on with us, folks. Yeah, we're gonna add this in, and I'm gonna start this puppy off. Make sure you can hear it. All right, here we go. How's it going, Jenna? Gratis. Where's it? You got a hat? Is it got a shark on it? There we go. Hey, we are so we are so happy. Honestly, I have no idea how you got to us, but we are so excited. Yeah, go, go get your butt in the gym and come and play for us next year. <laughs> yeah. You told me you were ready. Yeah. Are are you at are you at are you at home right now? Yeah, I'm at home. I got five scouts over at the Miss Clara downtown. They might be calling you at some point. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, we're gonna have a lunch or something tomorrow. A lunch. I love all it. All right, all right. So just so you know that our group in here, we've got Doug Wilson, our GM. That's Tim Burke, our assistant GM. He's going to teach you how to score goals. Vasha, good. Hey, William. <laughs> it's Joe Will, our assistant GM. Neil McKinney and Christopher Boucher. But I can I cannot tell you how happy we are for you. This is a huge moment for us. So thank yeah, you. Thank you very much. Enjoy with your family too. You deserve it. You wouldn't be here without their support in your journey. But your interview the other day was tremendous too. So thank you. Look forward to seeing you thank soon. You Man, the, the Sharks, Sharks organization. What a bunch of beauties. Just what a bunch of notch. Look at the hair on, on DW Jr. Did you see that? Yeah. I got to bring oh, it back oh. up here really that's quick. That's the first thing I saw. Yeah, I mean, how do you not? I mean, take, let's look at it. God damn, look at that Amazing. flow. He spent years in just <laughs> copious amounts of conditioner, getting that to where it needs to be. And you know he has all the guys to ask. He's got Eric Carlson. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, he's had Brent Burns since 2010. You know, and Burns, he grew his hair out, and he had the, you know, he's got the little. Oh, Burns has had it all. Going he's had it all yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, but I mean, I mean that that video was awesome, and man, just like watching that, you just see, like, why people love this San Jose Sharks group in the front office, like Doug Wilson, Doug Wilson Jr. They're absolute beauties. Like you can tell when they're talking to this guy. It's not like a bunch of suits calling this young guy that they just drafted. Like these guys are hockey guys. They're excited. They're connecting about this and they're pumped to see this guy play. You know, Doug Wilson jumping in there saying, Hey, buddy, get your ass in the gym. Come play for us next year. You can tell how excited he is to have this kid. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome to see. It's half hearted joking because seriously, he's like, Fuck, bro, we need some help. <laughs> no, I, that's the thing. It's like he was half joking, half like, uh, <laughs> like Come on, bud, there's a chance here. He's like, uh, insert protein sponsor here, right? Like, just get your ass in the gym, start pounding some creatine, start chugging some muscle milk, exactly. and just get at it, man. Um, I, you know, at Snipe City 420 said, all the goals Martin Jones gave up in the first minute of a game, all the bad penalties Kevin LeBanc <laughs> took, all our pain and suffering today, today, it all pays off. And and Doug Wilson Jr. said himself, he's like, we have no idea how you fell to us, honestly. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I heard that. That's pretty funny. And yeah, I mean, Sharks Nation, I think for the first time in a couple of years, we have something to be uh, super excited about. And this isn't going to go away because, you know, we don't expect him to uh, play for the Sharks next year, but you never know what happens. But I think over the next two, three years, we're going to see this guy become an elite hockey player. And that's uh, that's super exciting. Yeah, honestly, it's you couldn't have said it better. Honestly, with the way you put that, and and I, I could have said it a lot better. Don't worry, Nick. No, it's okay. You got really emotional, really intimate. <laughs> that I could tell that you know you're you dropped an octave. The and you're like, <laughs> yep, oh yeah. It's gonna be really nice. You know, we're, we're just enjoy. It's gonna be so great. Enjoy. You only it. live once. <laughs> Yolo.
<laughs> but um, I was gonna say something until your asper, you just just amazing speech you just gave there, Dylan. I was I had a whole bit lined up, and now it's fucking gone. So <laughs> well, you know, in that whole thing, I was just kind of like glancing. I was just looking at uh, Kevin Weeks's eyes the whole time, so I didn't know if I was making any sense. I was watching the draft in the background here. And what about that man's Fu Manchu though? That's a legendary mustache. It is, and uh, you got you know got Sam Constantino here uh, representing the Canadians. I, I do want to just say though, uh, as a Canadian watching this broadcast of the draft, it is a bit sad uh, not seeing TSN broadcast it. You know, it's uh, we're missing some Canadian flavor in, in the NHL draft. Yeah, you know we're gonna see. This is ESPN's first go at it. They'll usually oh, put their oh, little look spin. at that a, l- a little, oh, little there trade has been a trade. Down. There's been a trade. So the Minnesota Wild have moved up two spots, uh, acquiring the 20th overall pick from the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, The Oilers also acquire the 2021 third-round pick of the Wild. So the Wild move up two spots, and they give up a third-round pick to do so. Um, Do you think that's a a high price to move up two spots, especially in the 20s? Um. Not really, if I'm being honest with no? with how okay. everything's going, and the Wild have plenty of picks to to kind of maneuver around with. Um, I talked. They do about have two the, first round picks. Yeah, yeah. I talked about if the Sharks were to move back to a little bit later in the first, they could get that first in a second. So I figured once you're in the twenties, that price goes down to a third. So I think this is pretty much on par with like draft value as far as points goes. I'm really interested because the, the last trade that we saw. Red Wings traded up and grabbed Sebastian Cosa. Is this, is this where Jesper Wallstead goes? Uh, maybe. I mean, honestly, uh, the the who Minnesota Wild. Knows? Well, who who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just trying to think of something to say there, but at the end of the day, the Minnesota Wild did not lose Kakinen in the expansion draft. If yeah. they did lose Kakinen, I'd go along with you and say maybe they are looking at a goaltender. But yeah. seeing as they still have that young guy, I, I don't know. I think they're going with someone else. But I'm always it's always really interesting to see these draft picks when a team moves up to make a pick because you know they they've really targeted a guy and they really like someone. Uh, so it's interesting to see what that name is. So the only reason why I say that is because the next pick would have belonged to the Boston Bruins, who have a some they're not very sound at the goaltending position right now. You know, Tuka Rask is old, Yaroslav Halak is old. Uh, there's just not a lot of youthful prospects coming down the goaltending pipeline. So if the if if they were targeting Jesper Wallstedt on their draft board, if Minnesota caught wind of that and they were like, you know what, if it doesn't work out with Kockinen or, or this or that, what are we going to do? Do we have the ability to do it ex- you know, here or there? Maybe this is what you know the move that they make. And more interestingly enough, does using that third or or whatever take them out of the possibility of getting Jack Eichel? I don't know. We'll see. I think. Um. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, maybe it has something to do with it. I mean, I'm just looking at the board here. They have the best uh, available players. Uh, Fabian Lysel is also a guy that's on the board. He was projected to go around 13th. Uh, we're at pick number 20, so that could be an option for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, uh, Fabian Lysel, very good, fast, quick-handed uh, winger. I believe he's Swedish as well. You'll have to fucking vet me on that one. But uh, <laughs> he, he sounds Swedish. Finished. I don't know. That that sounds close enough. 
Hey, he's European. That's what I'll go with. No, he is Swedish. Um, another player I thought that the Sharks may have drafted if they had moved back in the draft. Um, so we will see what this pick is going to be. But, you know, if we try to just focus this, you know, reel it back in a little bit, I remember what I was going to say. You, you talked about, hey, you know, we're excited about William Eklund and Doug Wilson makes that half-hearted joke about, hey, get your ass in the gym and come over here and help us out. In reality, I wouldn't say it's too far-fetched to expect to see him at camp next year, possibly competing for a role on the Barracuda, and then the following season ending up on the NHL roster, depending on his growth. Because if, he, if he's being comped to the same growth curve or growth projection as Daniel Sedin, that's definitely an option for him coming into the NHL. So he's being compared to Daniel Sedin. I see one issue with that is he doesn't have a twin. Uh, mm. So there's a slight issue there. Um, that we know of. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing Gary announces. Actually, we have another Eklund. Um, but yeah... <laughs> Um, I, I'm just uh, distracted by Billy Garen uh, stepping up here to make the draft pick. Uh, Minnesota Wild, interesting team. They've had some decent picks the last two years. Matthew Boldy. Uh, they have some young players. Uh, you know, the the Russian Kaprizov. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. They're going to be losing one or two pieces. Yeah, I, they they have no choice, really. And, you know, they're, they're trying to do their own little retool of their own. And Billy Garen gives not a single fuck. Yeah, it looks about like what he's, anyone thinks. Yeah, it looks like he actually put his son up uh, to to do the announcement here. I don't know if it is his son. I have the the broadcast on mute. If it's like uh, make a wish thing, I, I apologize. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a couple seconds behind you. It looks like about five to six seconds behind since I'm streaming this up here. So it looks computer. like a Swede was picked, and it looks it like, like West Fabian? Jesper Wallstedt. Ah, I knew it. The goaltenders picked at twentieth. Dropping down quite a bit, but hey, that's no that's no surprise with goaltenders. I mean, they can be projected yeah. to go 10th, and they could drop out of the first round. We've seen it happen before. Uh, you know, goaltending, not going to be an issue for the Minnesota Wild, it looks like. Yeah, and like like I said, if if things happen with Kockinen and they feel like, hey, you know what, we got we to gotta find the answer to this problem somewhere else, now they have a, a, a guy who's being comped to Henrik's... Uh, Henry, well, I almost said Henrik Sedin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Sharks should have taken him. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best goaltender and right-wing combo <laughs> in the league. Yeah, he's he's being uh, he's being comp to Hank, so I'll just say Hank. <laughs> the the no-draw passes between the goalie and the right-winger. Could you uh, The new Sedins. <laughs> he's just clearing it. Crease. Yeah, he's just clearing it down the own. ice. Just ices it for the for for Willie there. Oh man, oh that's great. And like I said, I feel like this is a, a halfway cuck job for the Boston Bruins because you know they're sitting there at twenty one, and you don't expect Dallas to pick a goaltender. You know they got Dobby, they got options there. You know they're gonna go and try to replenish their forward depth. And fucking Minnesota just swoops on in there, snatches Wallstead, and now he's on the move. So fucking Billy G, uh, great I'm pick, honestly. Great pick. Yep. Uh, probably the best player in the draft that isn't a skater. And he went 20th overall. So we'll see how this pick goes in three years. Because you expect him to marinate down there in the SHL 
Yeah, and, goaltenders uh, goaltenders take a while. I just want to point out one thing I said with, you know, Kakinen being a good young player. I, I think maybe one of the reasons why they're looking at still taking another goaltender here in the first round is we've seen it in the past. A, a young goalie can have one or two good seasons and they kind of fall off and you can't rely on them as a, as a starting goaltender. So I think if you're the Minnesota Wild, you get two top end guys and you hope one of them hits. Um, and if both of them hit, hey, you can trade one off. Yeah, and um, speaking on the, what was it, the Oilers, the ones who traded with them, they don't need any help down the goaltending pipeline, right? They got Mike Smith for two more years in between the pipes. So. Mike Smith will never leave. That man is going <laughs> to die in those pads. <laughs> He's going to take a clapper from a fucking a defenseman from like Shea Weber. He's just fucking... <laughs> Just a big, just a big puff of dust. Just his his gear falls to the ground. Uh, that would be something else. Yeah. So yeah, um, we're, I mean, we're, you know, I'm I'm waiting to see if anything comes to fruition. I know we started this a little bit early. We were really excited, um, but I feel like if there is a trade involving Timo Meyer or or anything like that, we're more than likely going to cover it uh, on Monday's episode. We really wanted to mainly talk about um, William Eklund. We wanted to talk about how excited we were about getting him in Teal officially. Probably the biggest fall of any skater so far, falling down from what people thought was a top three pick to seventh overall. And uh, also we, we, we plan on hoping to get the details and see the trade that's allegedly going to happen about the Sharks uh, trading a defenseman for a depth forward. Um Excited to see how that happens. The Sharks seem like they really are trying to retool to get back into the playoffs this year. And more importantly, need to put fucking Martin Jones on unconditional waivers <laughs> for the buyout. Oh, Set man. your alarm clocks for 9 a.m. every day until it happens because that's the deadline, yeah. 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, to put them down on waivers. One thing I want to say, one thing I want to say, Sharks fans, moving forward in the next few days, I know there's been a lot of trades that have gone down and a lot of people are chomping at the bit, asking for Doug Wilson to do something. Like Nick said earlier in this episode, multiple GMs are getting fleeced right now. I would rather us stay on the sideline and avoid getting fleeced than dive into it and make a trade that we regret down the road. Yeah, who would you rather be in today's NHL? Would you rather be the Philadelphia or would you rather be neutral in that equation? Or anybody else, yeah. A exactly. spectator. Would you yeah. rather be watching other teams look stupid, other NHL GMs look stupid, or would you rather be the stupid GM? And I think, honestly, we're all in the, in the boat of, well, I don't really want to be the dumb GM here, so maybe we keep Timo Meyer. It's not like he's going into a draft year, you know? Well, and hey, here's another way to look at it. Let's let all the other GMs make mistakes right now come around later in the summer and clean up their mess. Yeah. Swoop swoop in with the fucking broom. Clean that shit up. Mr. Clean that shit. Please, Mr. Clean, reach out for a sponsorship. Um, I'll showcase it. I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem, though. Doug Wilson will will never shave his head bald, so that's just not going to happen. I'll do it. For yeah, Mr. but it has, it, has to be, it has to be Dougie Doug going in there. You can't, you can't just throw you in there. It's not going to work. It doesn't have the we'll, same effect. We'll have Kyle McLaren call Doug Wilson. And ask him for a, a you know just a little favor. Is he going to call via cell first? phone or landline? I think that's the biggest. Uh, I think question. he's actually going to send a telegram, <laughs> and then he's going to double it up via carrier pigeon. So <laughs> better safe than sorry, folks. Yeah, you got to cover your bases. You know, 
Is yeah. a fax well, machine on? No? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, this has been fun, though. Um, you know, the draft is, is always a good time. Uh, it, it always lasts a bit longer than I expect. You know, once you get to the, the picks in the 20s, you're like, oh, fuck, why don't they just speed it up a little bit? But you, yeah. you kind of forget that these teams need time to, to make their draft picks. Uh, Fabian Lysel, uh just going to the Boston Bruins at 21. It's been a fun day, though. Uh, you know, draft, all the trades. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens in the next week or so. Uh, and then going into free agency. It's uh, yeah, it's a crazy time, man. Yeah, it's it's really going to be a fun time for everyone around the league. You just you already see what's going on. There's so much shakeup. There's so much roster turnover. And that's the best part about the salary cap is it forces these things to happen. You've got to have parity. You've got to have moving pieces in this league. And it, it's never a boring day in the NHL because of the salary cap situation, as much as people may hate it. Um, and, and Dick, so, you know one one other thing you gotta do. You gotta drink your water, man. You gotta drink, drink water. Your fucking water. <laughs> All right, folks. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Again, like I said, we're gonna cover anything and everything. Sharks. Uh, you'll, you'll get the episode on Monday. Uh, now remember, there is no second round draft pick as of seven thirty Friday night. There is no second round pick for the Sharks right now. Uh, so it might be a little bit of a quiet second round for us. But we do have two fourths, I believe, and a third. So look forward to them drafting a, a overager in the European leagues as a you know a goaltender. Something I think they might actually do. So look out for that. And um, just a quick sign off. We don't even think we said it. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Floor underscore. You can follow the podcast at Stick Hungry Pod, and you can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net. Dylan, you can follow myself. At DYL underscore THPN. And make sure you go over to YouTube.com. Was it forward slash hockey podcast network? And yeah, subscribe. Something, like something around. You know, just look up Google search YouTube everyday hockey to get the full scale breakdown of everything going on Monday through Friday in the league. The boys got a a, a nice jam-packed couple episodes ahead of them, I'm pretty sure. They're gonna it's gonna be the, nutty. It's gonna get nutty right planters sponsor us too because shit's about to get nutty um <laughs> my name's nick floor signing off for the stick hungry podcast make sure you guys stay safe and stay hydrated